Welcome to the OmniTalk Spotlight Series Grocery Shop Edition, sponsored by 1010 Data. You can't deliver on tomorrow's omni-channel demands with yesterday's insights. So why plan your business this way? 1010 Data empowers retailers and brands to drive more successful outcomes in today's demanding marketplace by leveraging alternative data and retail analytics solutions to identify and plan for what's next. You can visit 1010data.com or arrange a meeting at Grocery Shop Spring Meetup for more information. Today, as part of our ongoing series, we are joined by CEO and founder of Fetch Rewards, Wes Schroll. Wes, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, man, this is I, this is exciting. We are just so geared up for all of our grocery shop coverage uh, this week. Uh, you know, word on the street, though, I think we got to table set some things. Word on the street, I know from talking to you, this is true. You've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So before we get into Fetch Rewards, like when when did that bug, you know, bite you, so to speak? Yeah, I don't even think I knew that that word would be uh, used to describe <laughs> what I was doing at that time. I, I, I can think all the way back to my parents reminding me that I used to go. I lived right next to a golf course. I would go into the woods, find a bunch of the golf balls and sell them back to the golfers. And I was just hooked. I was like, oh, wow, you can create a business right there. Captive market. Really excited about that. So I think uh, selling things and being a part of trying to create a product that people wanted was something I was hooked on really, really early. Um, but with, uh, with fetch specifically, actually, yeah, started it up while I was still going to school. I was in college, uh, right after my freshman year when that idea came up. So it's, it's been a while at this point. And where'd you go to school? I, I want to talk a little bit about your personal background too. So where'd you go to school and where'd you grow up? Yeah. So I grew up in Massachusetts in a town called Acton, about 30 minutes outside of Boston. And I was looking for where to go to school and I figured there were just no good colleges on the East coast. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, Wisconsin, that seems like the right place to go and hunt for it. But I had gotten introduced. My, my dad had actually said, hey, UW, University of Wisconsin-Madison, just started up their own entrepreneurship program. Uh, he's like, you should reach out to him. So I reached out to the dean of the business school. And I had actually done two startups while I was in high school. And okay. just easy things, you know, like filing provisional patents, creating designs, some of those type of things. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Things that people just do every day. Yeah, yeah right. you know, simple 14-year-old type things. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I uh, reached out to him. I told him a little bit about the excitement that I had to come and be in an environment that was, uh, you know, 40,000 people, had the resources of Jeez. a Big Ten school. Uh, but was also trying to start up this entrepreneurship thing. I figured it'd be a great place I could lay, maybe leave my fingerprints on. And he, uh, I remember I flew there in the day, it was like 42 degrees, raining and cold. And he took me on a one-on-one -on -one tour of campus for two hours, showing wow. me all the resources that UW has for young entrepreneurs. And I was sold right after that. I was, I committed, huh. that was where I was going. So it was, I have to give all the credit to him. That's awesome. It's a great college town too. One more question too, because because you're wearing the Patriots hat for those watching this on video. So I've got to bring this up too. I'm curious, how did, how did Boston growing up in Massachusetts kind of shape you as an entrepreneur, if at all? So I, you know, I, Boston is very known for the pharmaceutical industry and, mm. and, and, you know, other verticals that I personally haven't been within. Um, but my mom had actually been doing her own consulting business okay. while I was, while my brother and I were growing up. So saw some entrepreneurial nature in her. My dad joined a startup when, uh, I think 18 years, uh, why we moved to Boston in the first place called millennium pharmaceuticals. Okay. Um, so I, I think both of my parents had access to, and were a part of kind of startup mentality mm. and startup businesses. So I think it gave us exposure really early on. I'm not sure if that's Boston specific, but it, you know, it, it was still, I remember going to one of my dad's company's events 
and it, it, their mission is to cure cancer. And I just remember being in awe of such cool. an audacious goal and that you have a group of people who will come together around this. And I think Boston's very unique for uh, like types of goals like that, that yeah. seem very altruistic and big. So I think it just got me thinking really, really big and like, hey, you can, if you see a problem, you can go do it and try to try to solve it yourself. Yeah, Boston does have that vibe. I'm glad I asked that question. I wasn't thinking of that. So I saw the hat and I was like, hey, but yeah, I'm curious, I'm curious what your thoughts are there. Yeah, I mean, when with the Patriots there, it also instills the win the mentality of winning is, you know, just what you do. Yeah, enjoy the process, not the outcome, right? That's the thing. That's Belichick's way. I actually use that quote a lot. No, that's great. That's funny. <laughs> well, Wes, I'm I'm surprised that with two parents as entrepreneurs that you still decided to go forward. I think that gives uh, those of us in the entrepreneurial community <laughs> faith that we're not uh, completely doing our children wrong. But I, I'd love to go into the, the product that we're here to talk to you about today and just the background and fetch rewards. So if you can, for those who might not know about it, um, tell us a little bit about how that came to be. For sure. Yeah. Let me start off with just what the problem was. Um, so in between my freshman and sophomore year, I'd moved out of the dorm where I was being fed every meal at the dorm. Uh, if I wanted to, you know, if I needed water, I'd go to the local uh, UW run convenience store and just swipe my little uh, UW card and everything was taken care of. So everything was just readily available to me. In my sophomore year, I moved out of the dorms and into an apartment. So for the first time ever, I was fending my, for myself and having to go out there, go grocery shopping, go shopping. You're an adult general. now for the first time. I was time. an adult, yeah, right. at least in my mind, I was an adult at that <laughs> time. And I was always amazed whether it was grocery shopping, local convenience store, going out to eat for restaurants, even buying apparel, or even flying home. Every single brand was asking me to jump through all these hoops to sign up for their rewards program to reward me for my loyalty. And that just felt so backwards. Why are, why are we asking our consumers to have to jump through so many hoops in order to thank them? It just felt very backwards. So, you know, being a young 19-year-old kid, I said, well, this is something that I can solve. Okay. Uh, and when we first started is you know, what was the thing we were doing on a weekly basis? It was grocery shopping. Okay. It was, I was buying the same brands week in and week out. You open up my cabinets. Uh, maybe I was going between Powerade and Gatorade, which everyone was on sale that week. I had no real loyalty and figured, hey, if we could start here, this would be an amazing place because I know if Gatorade would just reach out to me and tell me, hey, every time you buy us, you're going to get a little more than anything, any other brand that's out there. I would certainly start just buying Gatorade regardless of what was on sale. And that was our whole approach. Um, so today that's the platform that we run. How, how did it all start? So like, what, like, so you, so do you have this epiphany, like you're coming out of like the convenience store and it's just like, boom, it hits you like a lightning bolt. You get a few buddies together and you start working on this. Like, what was that all like? So I think it was, um, there was no like epiphany moment. There was uh, Hey, this is a pro th this feels okay. weird. And then exactly. you go and get hit that same experience 10 other places. Okay. Of, hey, this feels weird. <laughs> Why is everyone just accepting this for the way it is? Especially when I would talk with like my parents or their friends, they just say, yeah, then they, the, you know, pull up their keychain and you'd see all the different loyalty cards on it. And now they're at, you know, the phone would have a bunch of apps on it. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's just how it is. So I get rewarded. And I think just coming at it with fresh eyes, you kind of view it as like a traveler would view in foreign country. You question, well, why is it done this way? Why this way? Um, so I was just willing to kind of ask those questions. As I saw it happen enough, I, I started to just dive in and do as much research as I could. Try to understand yeah. the category. Try to understand, you know, what, how does this even this industry work? 
um, and, and learned a lot about the different mechanisms from everything from the brands that manufacture to the warehouse that hold it to the distribution outlets that they have. Um, and, and you start to understand, oh, this is happening because there's so many middle players that the ability connect to connect one-to-one with that end consumer is obfuscated. They don't even have the sight line to know who's buying it over here. So even if they want to do it, they can't. Um, so that was a lot of like w- what we were realizing early on and put together, I was sitting in class, a business class at the end of my sophomore year. And uh, they said, hey, the last, uh, the last assignment for the year was to write a business plan. It was. I've been okay. working on this for, for like nine months. <laughs> uh, I had already form- formulated my theory, my hypothesis, some like rough ideas for a product. And I turned and uh, had to partner up with someone. And I, I turned to my future co-founder and um, we decided like, hey, I got an idea. He wrote no the business plan. We used my idea and all the research I had done. And at the end of this, we have this 15 page, like, you know, really, really well done business plan. And we're like, well, this will be an A, but what else could we get from this? And we started to realize there were business plan competitions. So like okay. University of Wisconsin does one. Uh, I also then found other friends at other schools. So University of Massachusetts, Amherst, Boston College. And we just started submitting it all wow. over the place. Huh. And uh, we kept getting into the finals and I'd fly out there. We'd compete. Uh, and after 45 days, we had won $185,000 in cash and office oh, space and lawyers. Um, so that was enough for me to drop my internship that summer, enough money for us to actually hire up our first team. And we just got going on it, dropped out and, you know, focused on it. That's God, amazing. That's what I love about doing this show. And like, I had no idea I was going to ask that specific question. It kind of came off that last answer that Wes gave. And like, you hear all of that from going into that. Was there like a professor too, that was involved in this? Like, did that play into it at all? I'm curious, like, do you have good so there, there were professors the that were super encouraging of it yeah. and would help with connections and everything like that. And what I loved about the UW ecosystem cool. was no one was ever asking for anything in return. They were just there yeah. supporting. But mm-hmm. early on, I did find advisors, uh, people who had just spent their entire lives in these these fields. And they, they were providing guidance. They lent us credibility because we yeah. didn't even have a product at that time. So when you have these people who had spent their entire careers, they would lend you the credibility to, to have judges, for example, believe and eventually investors and employees. Um, and they help you to um, get between this gap that exists between idea, no product and product. And that gap is a really hard one to cross. And I've always found that advisors, if you can truly get them to buy in and believe in it, will give you the credibility you need to help bridge that gap. Interesting. Well, Wes, I'm curious what the initial product was and kind of how it's expanded. Because, I mean, there are many people both on the consumer side and on the retailer brand and, you know, CPG side that this benefits. But like, what was the evolution of that product like? Yeah, so I went back actually, I think it was last year and I pulled up the original PowerPoint, nice. uh, which is one of those like times where you just shake your head and be like, oh my gosh, that looks terrible. Uh, but anyways, what it showed was a bunch of brands on one side. It had this little magic cloud as we eventually started to call it. And then it had all these consumers over here and basically said, these brands will be able to connect with these consumers through their phone. The problem was that poof magic was the basically the, the action of how do you confirm purchase? Agnostic of where someone's buying, like how do you do that without having to go out there and partner with every single retailer under the sun? Right. And that, was, that part was really hard to mm. solve. And at the time we had looked at receipt reading as a potential solution for that, but the technology, the camera on the phone, 
the the horsepower on the phone to do processing, machine learning, AI was just was just not strong enough. So the only way that you could do it if you had built the technology at that point was to take physical pictures, ship them over to teams in say India or mm. uh, and have humans actually go through and manually do it, which it, it took too long. It was a bad user experience right. and very inaccurate. Um, so we decided let's not do that. We actually then pivoted and started partnering with retailers for the first say three years of the business where we would actually tie into their POS system. Um, and it gave us access to data. It gave us access to consumers to learn, to build up our credibility. And then in March of 2017, we had seen that there had been this large leap forward in technology. Cameras were much better. The power was there. And we thought we could develop and we had proof points that we could develop a good enough system that could do this and process in real time. So that's where we then jumped over, launched the Fetch Rewards product as it sits today. And we've just been scaling ever since. So explain that a little bit too, I think. Let's bring everybody into that too. So yeah, explain how it works then and what the inherent value is uh, to the end user here. Yeah. So when our end user downloads the app, it's completely free for them. And all we coach them into doing is take a picture of your receipt from any retailer, whether it's a restaurant, grocery store, convenience store, doesn't matter from anywhere across the country. And if you're not doing physical you know, transactions because you're at home quarantining, you can also connect your email and your Amazon account. We'll pull in all digital transactions that you do as well. Sweet. And what we then do is in real time, we will read the information off of that receipt. So understand the store that you went to, the items that you were buying. And then we have a host of today over 450, actually soon to be 500 brands and even you know, retail partners that are always on. And what we mean by that is we can guarantee our user that if you buy any of the tens of thousands of products that say PepsiCo or Unilever or Molson Coors represents, you will get rewarded with fetch points for doing that. So every time you submit a receipt, you're going to get rewarded. Every time you buy any of our tens of thousands of partner products, you're going to get rewarded. And if we have retail partners in a specific area, like we've done a partnership with Panera, with KFC before, where they'll get incremental points for shopping at those locations, uh, you can aggregate your points together across all of these different earning opportunities, and you can turn them into hundreds of different redemption options, everything from virtual gift cards to cash out options to donate to charity, to enter into sweepstakes, all kinds of things. Uh, and our job is to basically learn who that consumer is over time as our average user submits over 20 receipts per month. So we have a really good understanding of who that consumer is in that household and then connect them with the brands and categories that we know they're going to care about and not make the user jump through the hoops, but instead give the power to our brands and the tools to understand the data to then give offers and influence consumers without that user even necessarily knowing something's happening. They're just shifting some of their spend around to my example of now I'm just loyal to Gatorade just because, Hey, Gatorade's here to thank me every time I buy versus when I buy Powerade, I don't get anything. So it just makes it easier for the user to make that choice. And when you say users of like, you have to, I have to quantify this because you have 18 million people who have downloaded and who are using the app. Is that right? Yep. So we have 18 million who have downloaded. We have over 7 million of them who are monthly active submitting on average over 20 receipts 20%. per month. So our, our um, we're so thankful that our, our users really like the product. They retain really well with the product. They stick with it for years and years and they, they get a lot of value because the longer they stick around, the more brands we add, the more value they generate per, per receipt that they're scanning. Um, so it's a great flywheel that, that we have going on right now. But yep, that's that's what the user base is looking like. 
And Wes, talk a little bit too. So you talked a little bit about the value on the consumer side. What's the value on the brand side or the, maybe the retailer side that are participating too? Like what, what's the real value they're extracting from this whole thing? Then I'd love to talk yeah, about no. the physical and digital divide here too, which I think is an interesting part of this discussion. Absolutely. We love our business model because it's really transparent and simple. So our, our users get rewarded with more points when they buy more of our branded products. Our brands win because those consumers are now buying more of their brand products. Fetch wins because we just have a markup on the points that are being issued. So our entire incentivization structure is for us to introduce a consumer to, you know, if I, if let's say Wes as a household today is spending a hundred dollars a quarter on, um, on soaps and things like that. And right now Unilever is only getting 20% of that. So $20 yeah. for every hundred I spend um, zoom out six months. What we see our platform has the ability to do is get that consumer to go from 20 out of the hundred to now maybe 40 out of the hundred being spent on Unilever. And so the great thing is the consumer's not having to spend more on that category. They're just consolidating some of their spend and getting rewarded for doing it. Um, so that's where we sit in the middle of and, you know, the data is really powerful because we can then also, even at an anonymized level, help our brands understand shifts that are going on from physical to digital, from uh, retailer to retailer, and help them to become smarter with their go-to-market strategy for new products, for, uh, you know, itemizing what, what, what products to carry where. So it, it becomes really helpful what they can do with that connection. So click into that for me, because I think it's really interesting. So basically what you're saying, like for everyone listening, like you're longitudinally essentially looking at customer behavior patterns across different brands and across different spends. And then if I heard you right too, like the other thing that's really fascinating to me is like, you can also see essentially as all of this is happening, where those shifts are happening, whether they're happening in store or online against the incentives that are potentially being served up to these consumers in the moment. That's not something people have a tremendous amount of understanding in, if I'm not mistaken, like how to cross that expanse, like talk more about that. Yeah, and the traditional approach has been through panel sets, right? right. Where, where they're, they're trying to do that. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to create as large of a consumer base as possible and aggregate those consumers to give them the power. That's what we view our whole platform doing is we empower our consumers to be able to go and demand rewards from the brands that they care and love and are spending their money on. Um, and, and that's allowed us to obviously scale up to the, the where you have 7 million people where if you want to cut and see what's happening in Chicago, or in Illinois, I mean, just our user base in Illinois is larger than the largest panels in, in the US today. <laughs> and, and that gives you just a high sense of confidence, even when you zoom all the way in. Um, and we saw things like, you know, pre-COVID, three-ish per coming in were digital. Um, and remember, these are grocery receipts. So a lot sure, of it was yeah, right. done in the physical world. But we saw that, you know, more than triple uh, and now double digit percentages of receipts can come in digitally. And you can watch which categories go over first. The people who maybe at the beginning of the pandemic did a couple trips and then all of a sudden went back to going back to the grocery store um, uh, or maybe are still going to Costco for the stock ups. So, yeah, you can see that our average user is shopping across 11 different retailers and types of channels on a quarterly basis. So it just shows that it's very fragmented. Each one is serving a different need. Um, but what we see is when you know we work with retail partners, we can actually help them to you know win their unfair share of the market and get a consumer while they're in your store to potentially pick up some other items that we know that they were about to go and get at a different one. Instead, consolidate that, make it one less trip for the consumer, and get more rewards for doing it. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's the the data and then the ability to actually action off of it. Well. 
I'm still like completely fascinated by this quest because there's so much value I think that is is available now and this this bigger picture for the brands and the retailers like yes you're getting them to buy more but just having the data laid out in front of you and being able to see these trends and you know to help use that for forecasting is a huge value to brands I'm curious what what your your customers these these on the we'll stay on the retailer and brand side for a little while what are they asking of you next like where where are they wanting you to take the platform what are the the what's functionality are they looking for like what's what is their kind of demand for you um as they're they're getting all this rich data yeah one of the things i mean obviously was to lean into understanding the digital trend uh, and one of the ways that we love about that is that our users get rewarded for every transaction that we pull in. Uh, we actually worked with Google, got approval to be in there because our user is getting true value and actually is prompting our ability to pull those receipts in real time. So we're not passively mm-hmm. doing it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of a lot of companies got in trouble for doing that where there was no transparency with the user. And we believe that there needs to be 100% transparency of which data we collect. The only data we collect is the ones that you're seeing in the app that you're getting rewarded for. We don't touch anything else. Um, so they've definitely asked us to lean in on that so that they can help move their brands to be wherever that consumer is wanting to engage with them, whether it's in the digital or physical world. We've done things like new product launches where I, I, we worked with, um, it was, uh, I want to say Kellogg, or sorry, um, General Mills on a new product that they were launching that was looking at this taste combination of chocolate along with a cereal. And we looked for people who had recently bought within those different hmm. profiles. And then we were able to identify where the product was distributed and say, hey, go into X, Y, or Z store, which we know you've shopped at within the last 30 days. And you can get this item and we'll give you a full refund of the product price with fetch points. So it's essentially a sampling without just handing out samples for free in a store and not having any idea of what actually happens. We can target people that we think would be interested in it, get the product in their hand, let them go home, take it home, have it with their family, let the family experience it, survey them in app afterwards and say, well, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? And then as we do that, we can then retarget them with maybe a 50% off, see if we can get repeats. And then as we do that, it helps build ACV and give them a story and help the retailers to see why they should carry that new SKU. And then you can start rolling it out. So there's things like that that we've done that I think are a great combination of the data combined with the connection to the consumer to help everyone in the chain win. Are you yeah. sure you can't cure cancer with this app? <laughs> are you positive? We are working because on I've... finding partners that will allow us to reward for fruits and vegetables. And uh, so stay of tuned. Course. We want to help with that. <laughs> right. It doesn't stop there. But that's fascinating, though, because you, you really get into a whole host of things, too, as like technology continues to develop in and around the space. Like you get into like promotional offers in, you know, in the checkout process to incense certain behaviors and add on purchases based on what you know from these types of things, which I think is important, especially for like impulse categories and how, mm-hmm. you know, different behaviors are moving online and those being harder things to sell. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really intriguing. What's next for you guys, man. I mean, there's big rumors. There's like always things circulating around you guys. What's, what's the rest of 2021 hold in store and maybe into next year. Yeah, first and foremost, it's getting our app in front of more users. I mean, we love the base product that we have. We're we're focused on taking it from what we consider to be a good product to a great product. So a lot of our internal focus is on just shoring up things, making it just that much more of a delightful experience for users every time they're engaging with it. 
Um, the, another thing that we did, so one will be scaling more than doubling that active user base by the end of this year. So okay. we're well on our way to doing that. Um, there's some other things that we're looking at doing, which is expanding verticals. So last year we actually allowed users to start submitting receipts from restaurants, from any, everything else, because when we first launched, it wasn't that way. Um, but now it's really cool what you can see. You can see someone who tried a new food item at a store or sorry, at a restaurant. And then we can connect them with, Hey, here's how you can make it at home. And here's the partner's products that you could include that will reward you for doing it so that you can try making it at home for free this first time. Uh, so you can see these different trends. So it really helps us to, again, connect the consumer with brands and experiences that we know that they'll actually care about versus shooting in the dark. Um, so that's another big area for us. Uh, we're working on taking the app to also be um, fully bilingual in Spanish. Okay. Too, which is really important because we see our app users are very representative of the U.S. population um, by everything from ethnicity to uh, to age to region. So we're super representative of the U.S., which means we need an app that can meet a consumer in the way that they want to be met. So we're working with that and our partners have been super supportive on it. Um, so those are some of the things that we got coming up in front of us. Yeah. Wow. And is it solely U.S. right now? Like is international in the cards? Like how are you guys thinking about that too? Or is that kind of step one? And step Language two? is step one. Language okay. is step one. Once you get that, then it opens up uh, the world of opportunities, um, which is definitely something we have partners excited about and uh, pushing us to consider. That. Yeah. Having worked for Target and gone into Canada where French became such an important thing. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a smart entrepreneurial way to go about it <laughs> right. like, to try to figure out all the different things you got to encounter there. Well, hey, man, that was awesome, dude. That God, I can't wait to see what the next year holds in store for you guys. I mean, it seems like there's still a ton of opportunity when you look at just the size of the U.S. population, even alone, given what you guys are able to do already. So, you know, if people are interested, like say they're listening at Grocery Shop and they want to get in touch with you or maybe even after this show, like what's the best way to find out, you know, more about Fetch Rewards and, and, and how everything works? For high-level information, we are always monitoring our info at FetchRewards.com email address. So that will then get shipped to the right people, whether it's on the marketing partner side, wherever it is, um, we can help direct the right inquiries there. And if anyone's wanting to connect on LinkedIn, I'm always looking to, to connect. Just mention where you heard it from and would love to connect and dive deeper and network. Awesome, man. Awesome. There you go, everyone. Yeah, thanks so much, Wes. Again, everyone listening, CEO and founder of Fetch Rewards. That's Wes Troll. Check it out. I'm going to be downloading this app straight away after the show. I bet Ann did it probably during the show if I know her well. I already already been a member, Chris, for a while. So All right. I've, been, I've got some That's receipts uploaded. Like. That's there right. You. I'm one That's of the right. 7 million. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to give it a try because I'm, I'm sold. Like, I want to get this thing, give this thing a whirl. So, hey, man, thanks again so much for being with us. To everyone listening, I say it every time. It's now more important than ever. Be careful out there.